Paragon 7 Studios. the analogy first I want to thank Chip for sharing that story I think the common analogy I like Isaac how you use the sports analogy being on the team and being in the game and not wanting to be on the bench um, that is very common for men of color uh, people of color in general but since we're focused on, on on men of color because the challenges you know having to be twice as good we've all heard that having to be twice as smart um, to compete uh, with our Eurocentric uh, brothers and, and compartment and, and, and people that are out there so that's that's real that that analogy is real not wanting to be taken out of the game and so covering up uh pretending uh that everything is fine uh, not just to make money or not just to to reach your high heights but as chip said to doing that at home and and yet everybody around you kind of sees that hey you know the emperor is not wearing any clothes right, right? you know it, it's not really what we think and so i appreciate his transparency because he was able to say that other people recognize a challenge before um, he was able to eventually recognize it. That is so common. Um, and for anyone who's dealing with behavioral health challenges, not just black men, but the extra challenge is the things that we always have to deal with, microaggressions, right? Macroaggressions, mm. straight out covert and overt racism, all those things all feed into our response to our own mental health being compromised. If you could explain, uh, Dr. Wright, we we talk a lot about in the corporate circle about microaggressions. I actually I've had people come on, especially some um, African-American women in the workplace being have being ridiculed or, or, or being kind of put mm-hmm. in, in the spotlight because of their hair. Your hair is too curly mm-hmm. or you have dreadlocks, things like that. Right. That's considered a microaggression. Give us a, a, a synopsis. What's a macro? What would qualify as a macro aggression that, that people of color face in society? Well, if you were to take that same example about hair, you know, uh, comments on that's not professional, you know. Right. Um, or large hoop earrings. Right. If we're still talking about women not being good. So for black men, I'll, I'll use an example of that. And so for, for black men, if we make a point uh, in, in, a, in, a biz, in a board meeting, a business discussion, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then the reaction we get, and, and then your supervisor, your boss, a colleague may pull you off the side and say, you know, I don't know why you got so angry. You know, we were just, and the brother's like, well, no, I wasn't angry. I, I had an opinion, and I said my opinion like everyone else said their opinion, and we were all passionate having the discussion. Mm-hmm. Why am I being targeted as being angry? <laughs> I wasn't angry, right? So that's one thing. Um, a macro would be, when you walk into the clothing store and the very obvious plain clothes and uh, officer follows you around the store, mm. Mm. there's nothing micro about that, right. you know? And so there's degrees of micro and macro aggression. There's the obvious blatant racism that would be, you know, the macro would fall into that category, but then there's everything in between that all the way down to the, you know, the simple thing when somebody says something like, wow, you know, you are so articulate. What? 
Oh, you mean because I speak in sentences? Right. <laughs> I speak to Queen's English. Right. Okay. So th- when you think about that, and then when you try to share that with people who are either uh, implicitly biased or unaware of their bias or are aware of their bias but cannot own it, when you try to explain to them and try, it's a teachable moment often, but you try to explain to them, now they, they immediately push it back on you as you're the problem. You're too sensitive as a black man. You're too sensitive as a black woman. I was just, I didn't mean anything by it. And they tried to explain it away as if you're the problem, you know? And so those are examples of micro and macroaggressions that people of color have to deal with on a regular basis. And I have a wide variety of friends in the BIPOC community. And it's not just black and brown people that deal with these kind of things. It's any non-neurocentric person that they're going to get that from the dominant culture. Mm. Um, I have Dr. Uh, Gene Wright in on the panel with Isaac Palmer and and Chip. I I want either Isaac or Chip to answer the next question because last time I saw you, Isaac, we we touched on this real briefly. But I'm enamored. People like Isaac, people like Chip that are that are leaders that, you know, are even in the C-suite that are executives that actually make the decisions that own the P&L that are responsible. I'm curious when you're in charge, do you guys still get those type of micro and macro aggressions? And how does that impact the entire mental health panorama? I was waiting for Chip to jump in. Uh, yes. Yeah, that is a resounding yes. But it, it, it's so interesting. I'm so used to it. I don't even pay attention to it anymore. I mean, I, I would have to. Yeah, I, I could come up with something that happened in the last week. Wow. If I, if I rack my memory. But I, I just don't have time for that anymore. Interesting. Did it bother you? Did it bother you when you were a young CEO, Isaac, when you were getting started? Because in my mind, you know, I've been a VP level, but I look at you and I say, well, Isaac's a CEO. I mean, he's in charge of the hospital. How can you how can you microaggression him about his tie or, you know, whatever, whatever he's doing? He's in charge. He hired you. He wrote your job description. But but as I you know, as I talk to you, brothers, you see that that even people that are, you know, in the C-suite that are in charge are, are facing those issues. Yes. And I'd say the biggest effect it had on me was just I had to spend the mental effort to try to figure out what's happening. You know, you, you go home and you're like, well, why did he say that? I don't know. Where did that come from? And you just you just have you have spend more time trying to figure out what, what happened. And then, yeah, you figure it out I'm like, oh, because I'm black. Oh, got it. <laughs> Where my white counterparts didn't have that. They can just go through their day and, you know, not have to deal with that kind of stuff. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm strictly talking about the micro stuff. Right. And if I can jump in, I've also faced that on quite a number of occasions. Um, the, my personal struggle is the fact that because I am bipolar, I have a hard time forgetting mm. um, that, that these things are happening. I, I can't discount these things. I've had to learn to live just so conscious at all times. Right. So through behavioral mm. therapy, they teach you I have to be conscious of damn near how, how I breathe, right? So it's like I have to be con- so old, overtly conscious of just every little thing that I do, just trying to make sure that I'm continuing along on a, on a certain path that every micro and macro aggression, I see it, I feel it, I taste it. Uh, I mean, it, it, now it doesn't bother me like it used to. And I've actually learned to use that toxic behavior to my advantage if that makes sense. But, I, but I've had enough therapy to know that um, although I'm using it for my advantage, I still have to be very careful 
to also understand that somewhere it still could, could be affecting me. So that's something that I have to be very conscious about. What Chip shared with us today is so important because he gave us an opportunity to see how we're conducting our lives on all aspects. He mentioned at work, he mentioned at family, he mentioned at the community, mm-hmm. and just the things that we do to avoid facing the reality of what we're up against. For some people, that's unresolved trauma. There's that toxic stress. There are all those things. But I think the key to what Chip said that I think our listeners should take away is that when you're high performing, when you are high motivated, when you're accomplishing so much, you really don't want to do anything to mess up that momentum you have. And even within, we sometimes compromise our health because we're trying to keep that ball going up that hill. And so thank you, Chip. Thank you guys for allowing me to be on this show with you and just reminding your listeners that it's okay to not be okay. What we have to do, though, is recognize it like Chip did and go get the help that's there because there are resources and there are support in our community. Live from the Paragon 7 studio, you are listening to the Blanche J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. Did you know that 12,000 people are turning 65 years old every day? Many seniors will no longer be able to age in place and will need to look for individualized solutions. Upside Home is a personalized service for older adults that provides a gateway to independence and social experiences. Members choose how and where they want to live. Then their home manager connects them with services, amenities, and community events that promote overall wellness. Learn how Upside Home helps older adults age in the right place by calling 954 954- 504-6122 or visiting Upside Home. That's H-O-M.com. It's electric made extraordinary. Ingenuity in motion. It listens, learns, adapts, and anticipates your every need. With intelligence that feels anything but artificial. The EQS from Mercedes-Benz. It's the car electric has been waiting for. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. You know what? I didn't tell you this, Slants. I went to Hampton. What? What? Yeah, I went to Hampton, you. You went to Hampton? Yep. Man, you, we've been doing a show together for a whole year. You just pull it out that you went to Hampton? I never went to class. I was just uh, partying. So you, so you enrolled at Hampton? James Lewis. You didn't I actually, enrolled at Hampton. You didn't actually go to Hampton. Well, I had a couple of good friends. They all went to Hampton, but and I was just sleeping on their couch, so Man. I went to some of the classes. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. 800-470-8021. 800-470-8021. That's 800-470-8021. This is James Lewis, host of the Lance Day Radio Network. Many years ago, I started this show on YouTube in my downtown Seattle studio apartment. I was flat broke and had no cable or internet. Had to walk to the Starbucks roastery or Pike and Miner just to upload the show for my dozens of listeners. This is why it's so exciting to be back in Seattle on KIXI Kixie, 880 AM weekdays from 4 to 5 p.m. 
We'll be talking sports, music, healthcare, and just a little bit of politics. I think of the 206 is my second home, and it's great to be back. James Lewis. And what the pistol packing people say, you better obey. Just in the nick of time, I commit the perfect crime. Rip my heart out my chest and put it right into a rhyme. I don't feel pain because that's all in the mind. And what's mine is mine and yours is mine. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. I'm a bald head with a knife. I want your money or your life. So, 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 so. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. It's time to switch to T-Mobile. Right now, pay zero cost when you do. Keep your number and keep your phone. We'll even pay it off. Only at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. 